Welcome to the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where every week we strive to lead younger generations on a path to virtue through the insight of Stoic teachings and personal stories from our lives as Gen Z Stoics. Welcome to this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic Podcast, where we will be covering the value of isolation. It's something that being in college, we have dealt with, I feel like, a lot more being isolated, especially for you being isolated from family, from friends, um, for me in large regard, the same. But viewing isolation and maybe loneliness as kind of the attached emotion, viewing it as a tool instead of something that's kind of the enemy, something that is to avoid, be avoided, something that is negative, and instead using it for positives and seeing the benefits of actually being in isolation from time to time. Absolutely. And as we sort of embark, you know, on this, the earlier stage of our, you and I, our personal college experience, that's sort of where we're sort of starting to experience isolation and sort of isolate ourselves when need be. But for any, you know, earlier start, it's going to be difficult at first. And oftentimes it's hard to see the bigger picture when you're actually struggling a lot. It's very easier to think emotionally and prefer to go out or go and seek external validation or comfort to make up for the pain of being isolated. But I, I like to start today off with a quote from, you know, good old Marcus Aurelius. And he says, nowhere can man find a quieter or more untroubled retreat than in his own soul. And I think that's a great starter because that is ultimately what isolation, if taken correctly, will lead you to do. It will lead you to take a, you know, a deep dive into yourself and into your soul, into the deepest parts uh, you know, the, of what makes you, you in order to better understand how you can leverage, iso- leverage isolation to benefit you. I think, and this has come from, we, we talk about isolation, you know, briefly in certain episodes as it comes up, but having a specific, you know, a deep talk about isolation is going to be beneficial because we can really emphasize and go into depth about the benefits of what it means to be alone and why it's actually important to be alone rather than you know, just mentioning it once or twice, but we can actually sort of break it down the importance of what it means to be alone, but not lonely at the same time, if that makes sense. So I'll let you start and then I'll, I'll build it off of you. So we first have to start out like with what we define isolation and loneliness as, and the Stoics throughout their writings, whether it was Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus or Seneca or some kind of less famous authors kind of described isolation and loneliness is not, um, being alone in a sense but being empty and so being empty means you can be surrounded by a bunch of people but if none of them are good none of them have good qualities they aren't kind of virtuous people you're going to feel empty because you're not going to be filled with value and meaning in your relationships they're just kind of they're going to be placeholders they're going to be people who are not long-term friends or not people who you want to keep around and so you could feel empty that way or you could also just be alone and uncomfortable with yourself, uncomfortable with your values, and you feel empty. Those are kind of what isolation is. It isn't necessarily you are alone, but that you are empty. And so when we look at isolation, that period of time, there's really no better opportunity within your life for self-discovery than when you are isolated. Because if we think about it, if you are out in crowds, you have company around you, you're always going to have commentary always going to have commentary, always going to have feedback on what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're dressing, anything, because that's just basic human instinct. Whenever you see somebody or somebody expresses an opinion or something of that value, you're going to say something back. You're going to get that feedback back. And so whatever you conclude about 
you know, the way you dress or that thought you just had that you expressed is going to be influenced by those external factors. So it's not 100% you generated. But when you're isolated, it is all 100% you generated. It all comes from you. So you discover your true identity in those moments. For me personally, going through isolation, I discovered what my strengths were and what my weaknesses were and how I could build on those weaknesses and leverage those strengths. And that kind of knowledge is paramount. It's paramount to your success as a human being, because if we view life as just one constant track of progress, which is what stoicism is all about, then you have to know those strengths and weaknesses to progress or else you're just going to remain stagnant or you might even get worse because those are the only alternatives. And so take advantage of that opportunity. Take advantage so that you don't feel empty. It doesn't feel like isolation, like something negative. It feels like, okay, I may be alone, but I know what I'm doing with this and I'm going to be productive with this time and being okay with that. Because too often in today's society, we view isolation as kind of the enemy. Everybody talks about COVID and how bad it was because of the isolation. We always hear that in the media. We hear that from people, our friends, our family. And sure, you know, two years of being completely isolated and not really having those kind of meaningful interactions sucked. It was unfortunate, but it was something that kind of you discovered something about yourself. I think everybody can find a common thread of you discovered something about yourself during COVID. For me, it was a lot of the values that I'm currently building upon. A lot of the values that looked nice to me and were something that made people an upstanding citizen. And those are things I've worked to build for three, four years since then. So isolation can be a gift, but too often in society, we look at it, at it as an enemy. And I believe that's because it has become more prevalent. I think that's why we view it in such a negative light. Because with the rise of social media and those kind of meaningless, purposeless snaps of half your face type of relationships, we no longer have that meaning. We no longer have that value of our friendships. We don't know if it's a good person. I can't tell if it's a good person if they send me half their face or their wall or some meaningless thing that you know you don't get to know a person through. And so if that's your kind of basis for a relationship, which a lot of Gen Z, that is what our basis for relationships are, is we establish somebody's kind of personality and our sense of their identity through their social media, we kind of lack purpose in all those relationships. And so that's why isolation, it feels like we're getting more and more and more of it because we want to base our relationships off of what we see on our phone screens, not what we see right in front of us. And so if we address the root cause of that, we address isolation and then isolation no longer becomes an enemy, but that's a societal thing. You're faced with a choice as an individual to maybe listen to this podcast or discover on your own how isolation is a good thing. And then you can be like us and spread the message. And I think that's kind of what our end goal of this episode is, is that viewing isolation as an enemy is how you get stuck when you're in isolation, how bad things happen when you are isolated, how you are not able to deal with loneliness. That's what that end result of that is. But if you listen to this episode and come to the conclusion that we've come to some time ago, that isolation, while it may be tough, it may be difficult, is so good for you as a human being from time to time then you're going to deal with loneliness and isolation a lot better. Right. So you touched on some really good points and I'd sort of, I'll start from the beginning of where you start and go to the, the end. So the first point you brought up, it was when you were talking about social media and specifically how isolation has become more prevalent. It's interesting you say that because while it's also become more prevalent, it's also become less, I guess it's also, it's going both ways. And so what I mean by that is, yes, we are more alone now, but also with social media, we try to cope with being alone by sort of 
giving away our privacy. And what I mean by that is, I mean, is on social media, people will post their entire days on social media. And so they're not actually isolated from anything anymore. And that's sort of the problem, because when you sort of give away your privacy and everybody knows what you're doing all the time, then you're never going to be isolated. And like you said, it's a societal problem. Like that's sort of the norm that society is pushing out. Like you see these day in the life or here's what's going on in my marriage videos. There's just things that really should be relatively private that aren't. And it's become normalized to share every single aspect of your life. So the moment that we get put into a situation where we're forced to be isolated, it's very uncomfortable and we see it in a negative light. Now, when you were talking about how isolation helps you find like insight on your about yourself, gain insight about yourself, that is true. And it's important to know, at least for me, I always thought, I had this misconception that in order to be isolated, I had to hit rock bottom and be all by myself. But it's not entirely true. I mean, that's certainly going to happen at some point in your life. But being isolated doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be detrimental or very serious. It can simply be, you know, even a couple hours just putting your phone down, taking care of yourself, you know, maybe reading a book, reflecting, journaling, just a couple hours of doing nothing and being by yourself. Sounds crazy, but even today, we don't really do that anymore. The most we'll take to ourselves is, you know, when we go to bed for five, six hours and we're sleeping, but then throughout the day, it's very hard to find people that aren't sharing something out on social media or just simply taking time to themselves or not being with their friends. Of course, you do need the balance. You don't want to be isolated all the time, but if you're truly trying to seek growth and understand yourself better as a person, you're going to have to be isolated. I would then like to move into the idea that I like to sort of debunk the idea that the idea of going out will help you find yourself. I'd like to argue against that because while, yes, you do need to immerse yourself in the world and try new things, like they do need to have purpose. More importantly, though, instead of going out into the world and searching for meaning, you have to ask yourself truly what you want by taking a deep dive within and more isolating yourself instead of going out and searching for external benefit, validation, comfort, whatever you would like to call it. I see this all the time. There's plenty of people here that I know and talk to who just cannot be by themselves for very long. And Mark Twain wasn't a stoic, but he had a quote that essentially relates to everything. And he says, the worst loneliness is not to be comfortable with yourself. So lonely or being alone and being lonely are two different things. Isolation is the art of being alone and using it to leverage, using it to grow, to learn. But being lonely means that when you're alone, you're unsatisfied, that you're unable to find, you know, the ability to do those things. You and I have both spent a lot of time alone reflecting, you know, in whether whether it's large intervals of time or just shorter intervals throughout a day, you know, like half an hour meditating, journaling, getting started in our morning. And we also are off social media more than I would say typical people in our generation, I'd say we're below the curve when it comes to the time we spend on social media, which this isn't a diss to social media, because if you're trying to grow a business, obviously, you're going to use social media to leverage it most likely in market. But it's about what you're actually doing on these apps and what you're sharing out and what your what your intention is. If you're simply just a consumer and you're consuming all these things, then there's really no point in having social media if you're not going to be using it to leverage yourself. Same thing if all you do on Snapchat is post every five seconds on your story about something that just happened to you. Because when you're telling people about all these things that are happening to you, you neglect the ability that 
you, you neglect the ability to build a relationship with yourself to help yourself cope with these things because now you're building the habit and the mindset that everything that happens to you needs to be shared out to people rather than and on the con in contrast to that being in isolation and reflecting on it and dealing with it yourself i agree and i i think my my argument when we talk about getting your values your identity from external factors versus doing the isolation route and finding out who you are from yourself is that when you're going out to find your identity your identity slowly morphs into what people want what the people around you want that's what happens is that you go out and peer pressure is a real thing and time and time again i've seen on campus here you've told me stories about your experience out in california people just kind of morph into what they think people want them to do and then they get swept up in the popular culture which we've discussed at length popular culture in our generation is terrible if you want to live a life of purpose and a life of meaning and so that's the end result is you're a chameleon who doesn't really have a true self-identity because you're constantly morphing into what other people want you to do when you are in isolation you develop kind of a backbone i feel like for me i'm someone who in reality, since the pandemic has been sort of a social outcast, really by my own choice, because I've realized that when I have taken periods of time where I truly am lonely, where I am isolated to like the nth degree, those are the times where I've developed such a strong resolve, such a strong backbone to where I now can go out. And if something happens, somebody wants me to do something, I have the backbone to say, that's stupid, I'm not doing that. And I don't care what the repercussions of that are, because it's something that I'm not comfortable with doing and something I'm going to choose not to do 10 out of 10 times, 100 out of 100 times. Like I will never do those things. And you pressuring me to do them is not going to change anything. Now, compare that to what you see in a typical college party environment where people just do dumb things and they're like, well, that's a regrettable decision. Oh, oh well. And there's really no kind of moral compass whatsoever, no backbone, no really boundaries. And that's a that's a scary way to live. It's a scary way to build a society if we're building society on the backs of members who have no boundaries, have no filter, have no ability to say no and stick up for purpose or meaning or their values. And that's the end result if you get people who are just going out and seeking their self-identity from outside sources. And I think that's another ill effect of social media is that it develops a lot of your identity because you're on it so much. And so that's why I say that while yes, you and I use social media a lot less, I feel like it's actually more impressive for the people who are currently using social media and have the ability to set their phone down for a couple of hours and isolate. That's much more impressive than I feel like what we do because it's easier. When you're in that social media cycle, the, the addiction cycle of what really social media is, what it perpetuates, and you're able to put your phone down for a couple hours or a day and isolate and kind of take time to yourself, think about some things, decompress, it's very impressive because you're kind of flipping the switch because those are two polar opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to feeling stimulated versus not. And being able to flip that switch successfully is much more impressive. And I think that it shows kind of a balance, which is very important. It's something that I want to make a point of is that while we're stressing the value of isolation, humans are inherently social creatures. We need social stimulation to survive. We can't just live in a cave somewhere and you know forage for food do a little survival act, we, we wouldn't be able to survive because we wouldn't have any social interaction. We would kind of devolve to um, kind of prehistoric 
levels without social interaction. So there's a delicate balance that needs to be maintained. And Seneca has a quote on this saying that solitude and company may both be allowed to take their turns. One brings about the love of mankind while one the other brings about the love of yourself. And that's true. When you're in company with your you're with people who you like, you're like people are great. People are lovely like you love mankind versus when you're isolated it's very easy, speaking from personal experience, I've done this before, to just kind of blame everybody else and say, oh, people suck. You know, it's just more worthwhile for me to kind of be alone because I don't like other people. People are annoying, people are obnoxious, all that stuff. Like I've, I've been down that train before and it's much worse because then you don't really attack the true problem, which is yourself. So while I say it's very valuable to be a social outcast, there's a difference between being a social outcast and just rejecting society. Social outcast for me means that I'm going to get looked at weirdly because I choose to part. I don't choose to party. I don't choose to do a lot of things that people in our generation would view as normal. I'm someone who would much rather sit in my room and like read philosophy, take some notes, you know, do something by myself, than go out and party. That's what kind of being a social reject or not reject, but social outcast is to me is that like I choose the weird things versus if you reject society then you're just saying that people suck and you're not addressing the true problem, which is maybe you don't have that moral compass yet. Maybe you don't have that true resolve yet. Maybe that's something that you have to discover, but the only way you're going to do that is to isolate. And so that's what the balance is, is right now um, we in society view isolation as terrible and something that we should avoid. And a lot of people in our generation are just uncomfortable being alone and alone with their own thoughts. It's a very uncomfortable place for them. Whereas throughout history, some of the greatest leaders have thrived in isolation. They were molded by isolation. Whereas now you couldn't imagine that. You couldn't imagine a leader who said, you know, when I was a teenager, I didn't have a lot of friends and blah, 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 blah. Can you imagine a lot of people in our, in our generation saying, I didn't have a lot of friends. I grew up pretty lonely, but it gave me the character I have and the strength to get to where I'm at today. To me personally, a lot of people in our generation, I can't even envision them saying that, being able to say that with a straight face. And that's very sad because that's every inspirational story here. That's what happens. It's a necessary part of overcoming challenges is going through isolation because it's an inherent part of life. You're not going to be able to go throughout life and never have to be alone with your thoughts. So you might as well develop the strength to do that and be different in our generation. And it doesn't have to mean that you're an outcast. Like you can go out and party. You can go out and do those things. You can go out and use social media. None of that is necessarily a morally corrupt thing to do, a wrong thing to do. But it just makes it harder for you to be able to retract into isolation. So balance it out to where you have that right balance to where you get that social stimulation. You get that kind of energy from other people that you need to function as a human being. But also make sure that you can take time to retreat back and maybe isolate and think about and decompress and maybe experience your emotions fully. If you're practicing stoicism and you know you don't experience emotions fully, isolation is the best time to do that. And so there's all these values and you balance them out and you become a more healthy person because you're not going to see isolation as an enemy, something that's scary, something that's uncomfortable. You're going to thrive in it. And that's what the great leaders did. That's what people who are truly an inspiration do. And so that I feel like that's an easy thing for you to say, you know what, I should probably do that too. Well, and so it's interesting you said like the great leaders, like 
who talked about being isolated, right? When you put yourself in a situation where you have to be isolated and it's just you and yourself, it's essentially a sink or swim type of situation. And human nature, we're not just going to run away. We're not just going to say, oh, I give up. That's not that's not how we operate. We choose to find a way. We've always been resilient by nature. We've always been willing to and find a way to evolve, to get past it, you know, to may, maybe go around or go through. But we've always found a way to get past obstacles. So when you put yourself in isolation, when what I mean by sync is you're probably just going to go back to the things that you were doing before. And that means, you know, going out all the time and just doing things without a sense of purpose. <laughs> had a conversation with someone the other day and they said, well, I don't like, why does everything have to have meaning behind it? Why does everything have to have purpose? And I said, well, you see, if you do things without purpose, then you're not thinking, right? And you're not, wait, you don't really have a reason for what you're doing. Even if I'm doing something, like if I were to go out, even the idea of just being aware and understanding why I'm going out to say, oh, I'm just, I'm taking a break. I'm, I'm doing this for balance, but you have, there's also difference between that and saying, oh, I'm going out for balance. when you went out like five days last week, it's not for balance anymore. Now it's just consuming your life. And that's where, like you said, going out or being on social media or choosing to party or whatnot, that doesn't make you a bad person. Those acts aren't inherently wrong. It's when something of any nature consumes your life completely and doesn't allow you to think for yourself or be alone with yourself in moments or just simply, I guess, develop a better relationship with yourselves. It's activities that hinder your ability to be a human and to really reflect and be compelled to learn more about yourself. When those things consume your life, that is where it becomes a problem. Now, if you are someone who believes in balance, like you and I both believe in balance, it's not, we know it's not healthy to be isolated all the time. I said that not too long ago, but being alone with yourself will save you. It will save you and put you on a new trajectory in life. That happened to both of us, especially with the pandemic. Now, I feel like at some point, if the COVID hadn't happened, then we would have still figured out a path, you know, to virtue through stoicism. But we were forced to be alone. We did not have a choice. There were restrictions and guidelines that we didn't have a choice to really go around. Each household was relatively different, you know, but for me, I didn't have the option of going out all the time or still being able to see people. I had to sit inside and ponder on my thoughts for months, months at a time. And through that whole time, I can't through you know, all those months, I can't say I was perfect. Like, obviously I was on social media and very distracted, but being in that state of mind for so long, flipped something and it did for many people the world has never been the same since everyone was forced to isolate themselves for so long and i think that's one of the most prominent examples today of why isolation can be such a gift because it really changes the way that you view yourself and the world you learn that you can't be dependent on one thing or another because as soon as that thing that you're dependent on goes away you're stuck being isolated allows you to be dependent on only one thing and that is yourself at the end of the day, nobody is coming to save you. No one's going to pick you up if it's just you. So de look, there's only one thing you should ever depend on, and that is yourself and your strength. And then I, when you're isolated, you learn that you are just you. There is nothing. It is just you and your mind, your body, and your soul. And that is why, you know, you and I have talked about this many, many times, both on camera and off camera. But developing uh finding yourself can also be important through strong relationships so it's not isolation is the only way 
that's going to allow you to find yourself. When you find, when you start living virtuously, you're going to attract people who think the same way. You know, through you, I've learned more about myself than if I were to just be isolated all the time. So it's not like isolation is the one way to be comfortable with being alone, but it's it's definitely a start. If you feel like you're overwhelmed and you're doing too much with your day and you're not being mindful, then maybe isolating yourself for a day or two might be a good thing to do so you can really reflect on your actions. But I again, I've told I've had conversations with people here about this. You have to be willing to do it. We can only, you know, plant the seed in your mind and you are the one who are going to have to actually water the seed and take care of it. Because if you are not actually willing to sacrifice things, give up time going out for time with yourself, then you're never actually going to get anywhere. If you keep making excuses saying, oh, I mean, I could, but I'm just going to go out because like, why not? Or, oh, I mean, I could, but I just rather do this. That's fine. You do that. But don't then come back and complain about how your life still isn't going the way you want to if you're not choosing to make the sacrifices for it to go. And that's not to go the way you want it to go. That's not just with isolation. That's with everything. But especially because isolating is so hard. And I give people advice, oh, maybe take a day off. They're like, oh, but I mean, all my friends are going out, so I have to go with them. You are in control. And Marcus Aurelius has a quote that says, it is in your power to withdraw yourself whenever you desire. Perfect tranquility within consists in the good ordering of the mind, the realm of your own. You are always in power of your decision. Whether you let others influence you, that is another thing. But that means you don't have you haven't built a strong enough backbone with yourself to say no. Like you said, a social and I'll quote this, but air quote outcast, right? That simply just means you have your own beliefs and you're willing to stick to them instead of conforming like a chameleon all the time, just blending in with your environment, just kind of going with whatever external factors dictate your life. So when you learn that you are in control, that's a very powerful realization. And it's hard to go back. Like once once we sort of realized this, we've never backtracked and been like, oh, I can't really unsee this. You know what I mean? It's always you always start to move forward once you truly have the realization that you are fully in control of your life. One one final thought that I'd like to add is I kind of think of it like an equation. We talked about if we return to our kind of beginning definition of loneliness being empty, not actually alone. When you feel lonely, when you experience these negative things associated with isolation, it's because you have a void. You have some kind of void in your life that makes you unhappy, makes you not satisfied with your current path in life. And so when we talk about balance, that's what fills the void. If we look at this void like like a circle, you know, you can fill it up with as much social interaction as you want, but there's going to be a time where that void hasn't been filled and you're going to be alone. So what do you do during that time? You fill the void with your values, with your purpose, with your meaning. And you can't establish that with the help of somebody else because you can't have somebody tell you this is your purpose and then you just go along with it 100%. That's not how motivation works. That's not how life works. Somebody isn't going to sit there and be able to tell you what your purpose is. So you shouldn't go out and seek that externally. You should seek that internally. And that's why Seneca says that to his way of thinking, there is no better proof of a well-ordered mind than your ability to retreat into yourself, into your own thoughts. Because that's how the most successful minds are able to operate, is that they are able to operate under any condition. Even when you're the most alone you've ever been, your mind should still be able to operate in a manner that's healthy and efficient.
But the only way you're going to be able to do that is to practice. And so that's why practicing isolation is so important. Because then when you experience it, when it occurs naturally, because it's going to, you're like, okay, I know what to do. I know I know what happens. I know how I'm able to handle this. And you become a much more healthy and much more productive person. I I, I can say that, you know, I'm alone quite frequently. And I've come to grips with that through stoicism because that was what I struggled with. When we talked about hitting rock bottom, for me, that's what I struggled with when I hit rock bottom is being alone. I was somebody who was just like everybody else in our generation who was who felt isolated quite frequently, felt like they had nobody to talk to. And I was dealing it with it like the rest of our generation, being uncomfortable, being unhappy, being sad with that. But stoicism provided an alternative. And it the alternative is isolation isn't the enemy. Isolation isn't a bad thing. Why would you be sad? Why would you be not content when you are isolated? Because now you can just say, well, these are my strengths. I'm good at this and I'm struggling with this. And you don't have somebody in your ear saying, oh, you shouldn't be struggling with that or that's weird or anything, anything that's negative. The only person who gets to control your thoughts in that moment is you. Control the connotations of whether it's positive or whether it's negative is you. You're the only person who can control those things. And you made a point to say that you're trusting other people versus when you're in isolation, the only person you have to trust, the only person that you're kind of building with is yourself. Why would you not want to establish that trust with yourself? Because that's that's the backbone I talk about. When you develop those values, you kind of arrange your thoughts, you organize your mind, you develop that self-identity, then you have that strength. You have that strength and confidence in your identity and in the fact that you know your identity to go out into the world and teach your identity and not conform when people want you to conform and say, I am going to do the things that stick to my values, that stick to my purpose and give my life meaning. And you're going to do that consistently. So it's not like isolation is this tool that you have to stay in all the time. You use isolation so that you strengthen your relationships. Because again, returning to our beginning definition of filling that void, feeling empty, you don't feel empty if you're surrounded by good people. But the only way you're going to be surrounded by good people and attract those people with good values is by being that person yourself, being a person who has those good values, who has that backbone, who has that strength. Because let's take, for example, you go to a party. It's a packed party. Somebody tells you, you know, oh, take this shot or something or do something that you would never do that doesn't mesh with your identity. And while everybody around you might be like, huh, when you're like, no, and you say no and you don't do it. I guarantee you, pack party, there's going to be a couple of people who are like, that person's cool. Like that person's good for that person. And then they're attracted to your being because you are exemplifying the fact that you are confident in your self-identity. And people appreciate that. People really appreciate that. The people who matter are the ones who appreciate that. And so if you're feeling empty, you know, whether it's you have a lot of friends, but they're not good friends who have those values, or you just don't have many friends, isolation is for you. Because while it may seem scary, while it may seem kind of counterintuitive that to strengthen your relationships, you first have to be alone for a period of time, that's the end result is that you come out of that period of isolation and you're a stronger person. You're a person who attracts those kinds of people. And so that's why it is a solution. It's a solution to the loneliness epidemic. And it comes kind of with no strings attached. Like we discussed, you can use social media, you can go out and party, you can do those kinds of things. As long as you're able to take time to retreat back into yourself, you still have a well-ordered mind. 
Seneca himself, if we think about Seneca, he was a respected figure who was very popular. So he went to parties. He went to things. He, pro he probably drank. He did those kinds of things. But he took time to retreat back into himself. That's the difference between Seneca and like a rave girl in Generation Z. That's the difference is that Seneca would take time within himself to retreat back to his house or wherever and say, all right, here's what I thought today. And, you know, he wrote it down and he made letters of a stoic versus, you know, a rave girl goes to a party and then goes home and then doesn't do anything. Doesn't take time to herself, feels uncomfortable with herself. Very good example. Very good metaphor for Gen Z versus ancient Rome. But the point being that you can do all those things and be just as good at isolation as somebody who is in our position and doesn't do those things. It's not an exclusive thing. It's not a strings attached thing. It's just you got to get get into that mindset and try and thrive. That, that's really what it is. And stop saying that it's scary, it's uncomfortable, that it's the enemy. And instead say the isolation is a tool. It's my friend. It's something that I can use to build my strength. And so it's something that's a net positive. Exactly. And the last point I would like to add is when you start to take action, and you start to build up those that backbone within yourself, you're going to inspire people around you. People are going to notice you and want to be more like that because ultimately that's what everybody wants. Every single person wants to know who they are and be strong within their, you know, their their personality and their their values. Every person seeks that, but not everybody has the correct tools in order to do that, which is why you see people who don't know what they want do making the wrong decision simply because they just haven't been given the right guidance. I can tell you firsthandly, my, I think my discipline in my life is probably strongest in the gym right now. But even with that, I've had many, many people ask me to take them to the gym or to build them a program or to start getting them on the right path. The only reason that that has happened is because I have lived up to what I say and led by example. People don't care if all you are is talk. People want to see results. People want to see that it's actually possible before they're going to be incentivized to take action. So if you lead by example, then more people are going to follow you and try and live virtuously themselves and try and be stronger individuals. That is the entirety of what stoicism is about, is building a stronger community through example, leading by example. You know, everything that you do has to come within yourself, come from within yourself to inspire the people around you. It's not just going to come from talking about it. It has to come from actual, you know, visible results. And that can be in any aspect. That could be with, you know, physical progress or that can be with mental progress. Mental change is often actually more noticeable than physical progress because when you change mentally, it affects your entire lifestyle. It dictates everything you do throughout your day. So it's often very easy to see when someone has mentally changed. So if you can be strong within your own actions and lead by example, you are going to spark change in your community. And eventually it's going to, you know, compound up and it's going to exponentially go and spread throughout the world. That is the entire goal of what we are trying to do. We're trying to lead by example. We know we are going to start small, but our goal is for, you know, millions of people to hear what we have to say. And so maybe one day they can be inspired to take action on these things themselves. Right. So yeah. I yeah. think, Go ahead. Concluding our episode, I think we should say that if you're somebody who is currently like alone, somebody who feels like they don't have people to talk to, we are here. There is somebody there for you. I think that's something that we didn't say in the episode is that if your mindset is that you have nobody to talk to, 
it's it's probably not true. There's somebody out there in this world who cares about you. And so if you're somebody who's kind of experiencing that like intense feeling of loneliness, reach out to that person, whoever you may think it is. And if you truly feel like there's no one, we are there for you. We're people who have both gone through really rough things, have seen quite a lot of um, messed up stuff in life. And we've been through a lot. So we're there to listen. We're there to understand. And we don't really judge. That's not what we're about. So I feel like that's a quick disclaimer we should make for this episode. But besides that, this has been this week's episode of the Gen Z Stoic tackling isolation and how it's not the enemy. It's actually quite valuable. I've been your co-host, Ren. And I have been your co-host, Mateo. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our website and check out our article section and our group section. And with that, we will see you guys in our next episode next week.